Welcome to Life in Context, a conversational podcast where we explore life and relationships in the context of Christian faith, relationship with Jesus, biblical truth, and emotionally healthy practices. I'm your host, Esther. And I'm your host, Jill. We come from different backgrounds and life experiences and bring our different professional and personal skills and training to our conversations. We agree on many things. And we differ on other things. That's part of what we enjoy about our conversations. We love to encourage and challenge each other and our listeners to consider new approaches, new ideas, and ways to think about life within the context of our faith. It's always our hope in these podcasts to bring real life strategies, positive ideas, and faith-building practices that can be applied to these sometimes challenging topics that we all face in life. So let's get into today's topic. Jill. Hey. So we're back together, but from a distance. Yes. (laughs) We are still in this very interesting space in our world, in our country, in our community where we are quarantined, sort of staying at home. And we've got some distance between us. We're doing this social distancing, which is more really a physical distancing than a social distancing. But I thought today maybe we could have a conversation about some of the things that people are experiencing during this very bizarre and upside down season. First of all, I'm hugging you from here. I'm (laughs) hugging you with my heart from over here. From a distance, right back at you, friend. (laughs) So I don't think I'm doing this uh, pandemic perfectly because I got to tell you, you know, it's my first time with a global pandemic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you. Nope. I don't think I'm doing, I don't even know what that even would look like or mean of doing a pandemic perfectly. (laughs) And I have never been, even when I was a really naughty girl, I was never grounded for a month and a half, I don't think. (laughs) So this is a very unique situation. And I think a lot of people are feeling maybe a little uh, condemned or convicted or just concerned that they're not doing this right. And the first thing I want to say is there are no grades And there's no instructor coming around (laughs) telling you, you did this right, you did this wrong, and uh, telling us that we needed to do it better. This is not a time for us to put ourselves under a great amount of judgment and condemnation about how we are handling this very unique experience. Yes, I agree. We were really talking about a lot of people around us experiencing a lot of fear Mm -hmm. and a lot of anxiety and That was something that we felt we were going to have a little discourse around today about what do we do with the fear? Um, Is that okay? Is it okay that people have a little bit of fear or even a lot or are actually freaked out? So one of my favorite sayings is you can't fix normal, (laughs) right? And this is a fearful experience. Fear is a natural and normal instinct. It's an emotion that we've been given to help us know when something is dangerous, when something's wrong, we need to pay attention to something. Mm -hmm. Even as a a parent, you know, I taught my children to fear certain things. Sometimes I felt like I failed a little bit. They didn't have enough fear of jumping (laughs) off of that cliff or doing that dangerous thing. Right. But fear has a place and, and there's a lot of things that are happening. And so it's a normal and natural emotion. What happens though, is what we do with that fear, whether we settle into it. And when that verse says fear not, I think sometimes people feel like if the emotion even crosses my mind, I've done something wrong and I've sinned. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about settling into the fear, allowing it to stay and living your life with the fear dominating it. I agree. I like to say it in a, uh, I don't want to join with the fear. I want to pay attention when I have fear. I want to pay attention when I feel stressed and anxious. 
Uh, but I don't want to actually join with it, as you said, settle in or, or let it be part of me on the inside. Right. And I love the saying, and I, I know it's been attributed to several famous people, but that courage is not the absence of fear, it's action in the spite of fear. Yeah. And right now is a time when people are going to need some emotional courage, some spiritual courage, some practical and physical courage. Goodness, for a lot of people, it takes a lot of courage to go to the grocery store. It takes courage to stay home with your family. It takes her courage to acknowledge this is the family that you have to stay <laughs> home with. <laughs> well, I was thinking about I was thinking about a couple of things uh, in terms of having the the feelings of fear and what does it look like when Jesus is with me in it? He says we don't have to go through anything alone. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He sets a table for us in the presence. And that we're seated with him in heavenly places. So I really talk to people and uh, I work with my clients in this way and do my own work with, Jesus, how are you with me in it? Okay, my circumstances look scary. They look uncertain, but Jesus is not uncertain. And I, one of my good friends, uh, Pastor, Pastor uh, in uh, Northern California, was pointing some things out. One of the things he said was, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thank you. That is just so perfect. Uh, we know who holds tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the practicals of Jesus, how are you with me in today? How are you How are you seated with me at a table? What does that look like? Jesus, how are you holding me right now? G- how about Jesus? What does it look like when you stand in between me and all the fear coming at me? Mm-hmm. When we ask these kind of a question, we're not challenging God. I think some people struggle depending on their background and um, their history within the church. I can't ask God questions, right? Mm. I, I can't ask him to show me. This is not about questioning God. This isn't a Job question. Why did you do that? Why did you let that happen? This is inviting him into a conversation that yes. he's invited us into. Yes. It's responding. We get to ask him these questions and he does respond. Yes. Dynamic dialogue, compelling conversations. I love that. And one of the things that I think is going to be a silver lining in this experience of the amount of time that we spend at home is some of us have more time and are able to reevaluate the way we spend our time and some of the normal ways that we are sucked into activities and and things that we have to do are gone. And so we can spend that time to talk to the Lord and to ask him. And I don't want that to be a condemnation that people are feeling like, oh goodness, now I've got to spend four hours of devotions every day because I'm not in traffic or I'm not doing this. But it's an invitation to spend some time with the Lord and to ask him these questions. Lord, what are you doing and how are you loving me in this season? See how beautiful and important it is. Because I want, I'm always trying to say, let's look at, Jesus said, I, and Isaiah says, for your maker is your husband. His name is the redeemer of Israel. So if my maker is my husband, and I'm really going to think about him as my holy husband, I talk to my husband, that is my, <laughs> my, my husband, husband, my Ryan. I don't go, oh crap, I have to schedule some time to talk to that guy. I, I want <laughs> I want to talk to him and I get to talk to him and he wants to talk to me. So if we approach our holy husband, our heavenly husband as, Jesus, I want to talk to you and I want to ask you questions. And there's wonderful verses about him having lots of discourse. I think the, the, there's one really good one with, um, with the father and Lot as Lot bargained. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, if there's 50. Okay, if there's 40. Okay, if there's 30. Okay, like the, he's bargaining, which is very Middle Eastern, by the way. And my father's Middle Eastern. So I kind of like that part. But even like, look at the conversations. Look, read, you could read the gospel and look at how, look at how Jesus talked to the woman at the well. It's a conversation. Mm-hmm. He didn't say you're in big trouble because you're, you've been with all those men. And relationship is going to be so key for all of our sanity and survival during this season. So what if we just take time? And if I say it like, you're going to ask, if you're going to ask, like, if I'm going to hang out with Esther, I'm going to say, so, hey, what's going on with you? What's on your heart today? You're going to talk to Jesus the same way. Mm-hmm. I think that is a way that we can redeem some of what feels lost in this season. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the quarantine and the sense of loss that a lot of people are having. That's settling in for a lot more people, but we can fill that space. We can fill that void with some relationship time with the Lord. And I think we can be gracious to ourselves. If this is a new experience, if you've not had the habit previously of spending this kind of time, feels a little foreign, it feels a little awkward, that's okay. <laughs> Some relationships do feel foreign and awkward in the beginning if they haven't been this way, intimate. Mm-hmm. I really encourage people to take a notebook and ask ask him love questions. So Father Jesus, Holy Spirit, how are you loving me today in this present moment? Take a beat. Listen for his answer. Sometimes you'll have a picture or a feeling and don't disqualify things. Just write something down. It is new. It might very well be a very new idea for some of our listeners to have real dynamic conversation with Father Jesus, Holy Spirit, outside of reading the scriptures, which I'm going to encourage people in this way. Also, he's not going to talk to you in a way that contradicts the scriptures because he is the word. Mm -hmm. So the word doesn't contradict the word. I think that if we use this time to really spend some time in relationship, it will be a soothing of the anxiety. And we will see that in our fear, the Lord is present. Thank you. That's so beautiful. In our anxiety, He is our peace. Mm -hmm. He is our calm. And in the storm, He is there. And, And I think that's really, really valuable. Now, one of the things I know a lot of people are thinking, Jill, are well, yeah, that would be great. I have more time, but now I have all of the people in my life stuffed into my house. I don't have the privacy. Car to the garage. (laughs) Uh, It might take a little bit of creativity and that's okay too. And I want uh, to encourage people that we're going to have to give space and encouragement to the people that we love and that we're living with. And we're going to have to let them have real fears and real anxiety and process them and be gracious to them in the same way that we need this. This is a season that is going to be intense on relationships. There are a lot of people who are really evaluating how much they like their children right now. (laughs) And that's honest. And they were evaluating their marriage choices and all of the other decisions that they made. Who do they live with and why? And, (laughs) And all of these things. And we need to be gracious to each other. And we can invite the Lord into those relationships too. We can use this to help us build that bond and that cord based on the Lord. And I, I really feel like this is a window where we can also be praying for the fear and anxiety, not in a condemnation, like, I'm going to be praying for you, sister. I'm going to be praying for you. Right. Uh, but a, an encouragement, we can be praying for the people that we love that are getting on our nerves. 
<laughs> I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I pray all the time about Jesus. What does it look like when you stand in between me and that person? Mm-hmm. Jesus, what does it look like? I asked Jesus, uh, show me how you're loving that person. Show me how you see that person so that I can join with what you see and I can join with who you love. He says that he came that none would perish, that he loves us all. So I'm having a hard time seeing that. You know, if I'm having a hard seeing right. that, if I'm having a hard time seeing that in my natural self, I'll ask him to show me, show me that person. Jesus, show me them. How do you see them? And what does it look like when you're, you know, a, a, a three chord braid with me and my husband who might be getting on my nerves because we're spending way more hours together? And this is, you know, the togetherness that a lot of us thought we wanted, but then it stretches out. You're like, wow, this is a lot of togetherness and it's shifting the roles and responsibilities in a lot of houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to encourage people to give each other grace and space in that as well. Yeah. You know, it's tough when you're sitting there and someone says to you, well, what's for dinner? And you're thinking, well, you were here with me the whole time. <laughs> We've been here together. I don't know. Maybe you could chip in. Or we have regular roles. We've got regular routines. And they've all been upturned. We can create new routines that we don't have to stick to. But we can create kind of some new systems. But we got to give the people that we live with, a little bit of grace. Grace and space. That's so good. Grace and space. And I think it's super valuable to make sure that we're bringing the Lord into that and we're asking him to help us with that. We don't have to tap into it. We don't have to go, well, why don't I have that already? I already have a ton of patience for Mm. whatever it is that's happening, the noise or the volume or that, you know, sometimes they call it island fever when you're stuck, but in your own house. Well, those are the things that you just said, why don't I already have that? Uh, if if Jesus gave it to us uh, ad infinitum, if he just gave it, gave us all of those things, we wouldn't need to go to him for them. Right. He has he created us to abide in him. He is cre- I always see it like uh, the John 15 vine it says, abide in the vine, abide apart from me, you can do nothing. And I just always see it as a picture of like my arm is it's, I'm just trying, I'm acting it out. None of you can see me, but my arm is stuck into this great vine that is a, a source of all life and goodness and peace and compassion that I don't have. I run out of in my natural self. So he created us to have to get to, I guess I want to say that we get to abide in him and draw from his infinite source. It's It is condemning to say, why don't I already have it? It's good to say, I don't have it. I need it. And I know who does. Exactly. Yeah. And to take that opportunity right then. Normally in our life, sometimes we're like, well, I would do that, but I'm really, really busy. I got all this other stuff. We can take it right now. A lot of us have this extra time. And I want to encourage people on that well as well, Jill, that just because we have extra time doesn't mean that we're useless or that we're set aside by God that we're being punished. It feels like timeout, but God has not punished us in this. I know a lot of people are wrestling with their identity. Mm -hmm. And these are questions we can take to the Lord in this, because if you are not labeled essential, essential, this can be really hard. (laughs) Yeah. And if somebody you love, somebody in your family is essential. And you're not. Right. It can feel really (laughs) painful. It can be hard. And I really want to encourage people not to take that to heart, that this is a label, you know, I'm, I'm an organizational psychology practitioner. We love charts <laughs> and hierarchies and systems and figuring out how teams work and all of that and, and titles and jobs. 
And I get why they use Be essential. that as it may. Right. I get why they use that on one hand. But I hate that it makes people feel like they're less than and they're not essential because everybody is essential. And I really want to encourage people not to let this label and this season make them feel like they're less than or not valuable. I think there are people who are reevaluating their life choices because they feel like globally they've been deemed non-essential. Well, I had this great prayer time with with a lady earlier today, and her husband's essential, quote unquote, and she is staying home. And he came home from work and suggested that she make dinner. And he told her that it was her job. And she said uh, it made her feel bad. So we asked the Lord to just tell her, what is the truth? Jesus, what is the truth about that? And he told her, she's a provider. He told her, you're providing a meal. You're providing meals. You're providing a presence with your children staying home. And it was him telling her, she is providing an essential need for her family by Mm -hmm. being home. I love that because I think it can be really hard on our Mm self-image and our sense of value and purpose. And I want to encourage people that in this window, when we begin to have those questions, there's really only one place we can take them. We cannot take them to the news conference and raise our hand and ask the government official, am I essential? Right? We need to ask the Lord. And that doesn't mean that we say, well, you know, I'm, I'm essential and in my relationship with the Lord. And therefore I don't have to listen to government rules because they will give tickets Mm -hmm. and um, there are legal consequences. But as far as your value, who you are, I really want to encourage people not to let that settle in. Yes. Your identity Mm -hmm. at the, at the very center of you, at the very core, you're his son and you're his daughter that he loves with whom he's well-pleased. He's the God who sees you, who calls you by name Your name is written on his hand. Your name is known in heaven and your walls are ever before him. You are loved by a God who in our finite humanity, we cannot comprehend the the width, the depth, or the height of it because it is so boundless. Jill, even as you say that, I know I can feel my anxiety dissipate a little bit. Oh, yay, Lord. (laughs) When we remember that... It helps in so many ways. It helps us face all of the other things that we don't know, all the things we don't know about tomorrow, but we remember who we are in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We remember who we are in our relationship with the Father, and that is so valuable and so important. In this season, Jill, there's a lot of people who are trying to figure out what are they going to do practically to survive in their family, not to hurt their family. Um, not to leave their family, not to run away. I've had a couple of my friends and a couple of my clients text me and say, I'm thinking about getting in my car and just Uh driving. How far do you think I can get before somebody catches me? Gas prices are low. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the things that I think is important is we get to have a little bit of sense of humor about that. Yes, we have to. We do. We have to be honest. This is hard for all of us. For everybody, this has a new wrinkle in it. There's an uncertainty in the world. People that we know are struggling, whether it's just that we've been restricted someplace we love to go, we can't go anymore. 
you know, you and I, Jill, we live in Southern California and we don't get to access some of the parks and some of the beaches Mm -hmm. and they tell us to get exercise, but then we can't go to the places we really like to get exercise in. Yeah. I'm in my kitchen. Right. (laughs) I'm in my garage on my treadmill, looking at all the things that I could do to clean in my garage that I don't want to do. Don't do it. (laughs) So I think we get to have a sense of humor about that. And I do also encourage people to set some new routines, come up with some new things. If they work, great. If they don't work, you know, do it a day or two and then scrap it if you don't like it. But we, all of our lives have been upended. Our mm-hmm. routines are over. Things are shifted. Things are done. And we have to have new routines because we are, as humans, mm-hmm. creatures of habit right. to some extent. Some people need a lot more habit and routine than others, but we all need some. And for many of us, it's that, you know, Sunday morning, I don't have church to go to. I can't go see my friend and get my hug when I want. I don't get to go to coffee with those people or interact at work with those people. I know there's some introverts who are loving this, Mm -hmm. but many of them, the thing they're not loving about this is now they're introverts stuck with the other people in their household. Right. Right. Or they're not loving the news and the stress of that as well. Well, I'm thinking about just creating your own structure. Mm-hmm. So some of us, we're used to having a structured a structured day and a structured environment. And sometimes when we lose structure, that really can cause anxiety. It does. So create your own structure. You can take a, take a calendar and structure your day. And I want to encourage people to, to do that in a way that gives them some enjoyment. Hold of it loosely. Right, yeah. Hold it loosely. But build in some things that are little luxuries for you. Do you normally not get to sleep in? Maybe you give yourself that. Do you, Would you normally not take a nap, but now it sounds really good? Give yourself that gift. Do you, is there No shaming. Right, no shaming. No this shaming. Is, this is not the window for shaming. Uh, and do some things, you know, I've heard people say to me, you know, I have had like bubble bath things that people give me for Christmas. I don't know why it is. Mothers get a lot of bubble bath over the years and like the bath salts and rocks and like, I've never used it. I've got a whole tub of it. Use it now. Take a bubble bath if you like them. Use up the fancy lotion that you never actually put on your hands. Have your husband take a bubble bath. Right. I'd love to see that. (laughs) Do the things that um, feel like little luxuries to you. Build that into your new routine. And I really want to encourage people that that's okay to do. Mm Mm-hmm. We don't have to feel like we need to be ultra productive in this window. No, I think the reset, part of the reset is coming out of so much busyness and so much, I'm not okay if I'm not 24 7, 365. Right. You know, the just dialing it back, just dialing it back to right to you're who God says you are. Mm-hmm. And he loves you how you are, whether you're do- doing or not. He, I, I remember one of my friends saying, well, I'm going to say, how are you being from right. now on instead of how are you doing? Because who you are to God is a be, not a mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And I think it also is allowing us to accomplish or to focus on the things we do really want to do. So often in our busy lives, the urgent Uh, becomes a tyranny and it takes over the important. Mm -hmm. And I'm encouraging the people I work with, you know, what are you doing that you've really wanted to do? Is there a project? Is there 
something you've wanted to get into? Are there books you've wanted to read? Yeah, books you've wanted to sure. write? Uh, you know? Right here. <laughs> All of those things. This is a great time to give yourself that gift. I uh, had the opportunity, a couple of my friends, my college friends, we started a quarantine club. And <laughs> so we, um, we are using Zoom and we're video chatting mm-hmm. uh, once a week and we're sharing with each other, what are you do, doing that you like, that you weren't doing before? And we're kind of bringing our little projects. So one of my friends has a very cerebral job and she's always thinking and, and a lot of numbers and that sort of stuff. She doesn't get to do a lot of art. So she was showing wow, us the other side of her brain, right? She was showing us the things that she's doing art wise. Another one of my friends has had this academic project she really wants to work on and complete, but it, it's hard to carve out the time. And she was giving us updates on, on what her plans are and how it's going. And it was super fun to hear. These are some kind of windows that we can use to do that and encourage each other. And then just the fact that we were together, we mm-hmm. live in different places around the country and we don't really communicate the four of us together ever. And suddenly we have our little quarantine Yes, club. Yes, that's beautiful. And people are doing projects, gardening, um, painting. Mm-hmm. There's lots of projects to do. And again, hold it loosely. Right. You, they, these are you get to's, not you have to's. Yeah, I, I also have seen a lot of people feeling guilty because they look on social media, which is where we're getting a lot of inf- information, and I get that, but somebody is showing you the 147 projects they completed in the first three days, and then mm-hmm. you're just feeling this total condemnation. Well, I figured out where both my socks were today, so that's big. <laughs> I brushed my teeth. <laughs> right, I brushed my teeth. <laughs> for some of us, this is way more disorienting than for mm-hmm. others. Well, we should do a whole show on that devil of envy and comparison. Mm-hmm. I think we should. I think maybe we're onto something on that because it doesn't go well. No. And it, it presumes that even if we accomplished all of that, that we would have the kind of uh, satisfaction that somebody else might. Um, we get to have this process, however, it's ex- we're experiencing it however it's impacting us. For some of us, it's way more disorienting than it is for other people. Yep. So we're just going to say, be good to yourselves, hold things loosely and love one another. And hey, carve out a little, little Jesus time. Or a lot. As much as you feel like you want. Amen. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you we're able to get together with me even in this uh, social distancing space. Yes, we're hugging across the room and we're hugging you guys too. And we just <laughs> wish everybody just a safe and healthy season and uh, just a little less condemnation, a little more encouragement. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Life in Context, hosted by Jill Shankles and Esther DeWitt, edited and produced by BizFid Communications. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review and follow us and like us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help. For more information on who we are and what we do, you can follow Jill at jillshankles.com. That's Jill, S-H-A-N-K-L-E-S.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Esther at peaceprof.com. That's peace, P-R-O-F.com and at peaceprof on Twitter and Facebook. (laughs) 